Good morning, Calvary. How are you today? Are you good? We are going to begin a series on the Holy Spirit for the next eight weeks. So how many of you are ready for a deep dive into the Bible about the Holy Spirit? I encourage you to grab your Bibles and grab a notebook. We provide those for you throughout the building. If you need one, they're free to you. Grab a Bible, grab a notebook. But I will give you a lot of scriptures over the next few weeks that I want you to really go back, read over, get into your spirit, gain an understanding in the person of the Holy Spirit. Today is the day of Pentecost. And so, yeah, you can give a big old charismatic shout. <laughs> day of Pentecost. <laughs> I don't know why it happened to me as a child. I was about 12, 13 years old when I encountered the Holy Spirit for the first time. And God has put the trajectory of my life as one who wants to introduce people to the Holy Spirit. It's one of the calling cards of the ministry that just God has used my life to do. And so I'm so excited to bring you into understanding, to bring you into faith about the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm gonna bring you through the scriptures in just a little bit. But I want to talk to you about the value of understanding who he is and what he does in our lives. So today's the day of Pentecost, and for too many people, they think that this Pentecostal holiday is just about tongues rolling in the aisles and shouting. Now, we do love to pray in the Spirit. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Absolutely. And we only roll in the aisles every third Sunday of the second month. But what I want to help you understand is that this relationship, this idea, this, this reality of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer is one of the main reasons Jesus had to come. That Jesus, so many times we think he came to forgive us of our sins. That's one reason, yes. But one of the reasons he came to forgive you of your sins, to cleanse you of unrighteousness, is so he could make you holy, that you then could contain and fellowship with the Holy God in the person of the Holy Spirit. That the gospel message is not just about getting you to heaven, but getting God reunited in you and with you in this life. That from the Garden of Eden to the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was separated from mankind because of sin, because of the fall. But now because of Jesus, that sin was paid in full and man was restored into proper standing with God so that God could walk with you in the cool of the day, so that God could fellowship with you, speak to you, lead you, guide you, be the voice in your life saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Amen. And unlike the Old Testament, this filling of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, it was not just the Holy Spirit coming upon you, but the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of you. So whether you feel like it or not, he's there. Somebody say amen. amen. And he's there to help you overcome any obstacle. He's there to be your counselor. He's there to be your helper. He's there to be your advocate. He's there to be your standby. He's there to be the dunamis power. He is there, your ever-present help in times of need. So I'm telling you, this day of Pentecost thing is a whole lot more about shouting, and, is a whole lot more than just shouting and rolling. This concept of Pentecost is not just a charismatic holiday. This is one of the key cornerstones and motivators of why Jesus came, so that his children could have access to his spirit, his presence. Amen. And so I really love this series you're about to get into, Making Waves, because the Holy Spirit working through you is going to make a whole lot of waves in this world. 
bring a whole lot of change, bring a whole lot of refreshing, but you have to understand that the Holy Spirit's filling you for a purpose, not just to feel good, but to do some good. Can I hear amen again? It's not just about some dancing and just some goosebumps in church. This is a huge reality, and when faith comes by hearing the word, you can then step out in that, which is why this next eight weeks is going to be so important to us. Go and open up your Bibles, if you would, please, to the book of John, chapter 7. Let's go and get started with our foundation for this series in Making Waves. John, chapter 7, Jesus speaking. He begins to speak about that time when the Holy Spirit would be poured out. John, chapter 7, verse 37. Jesus was at a feast. The Bible says on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds. Don't you love, sometimes you forget that Jesus was a Pentecostal preacher. Come on. He was, he was charismatic. He didn't just get up there and casually talk to them. He shouted to the crowds, anyone who's thirsty may come to me. Don't you love that? There's a solution to the thirst of mankind. Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Come to Jesus. Anyone who believes in him, in Jesus, in me, may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers, say rivers, of living water will flow from his inmost being, or his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. So there's so much in this verse I want to unpack to you. One, the fact that the Holy Spirit has been given is the sign that Jesus has ascended to the right hand of God. See, because he hadn't been given yet because Jesus had not yet ascended into glory. He had not made it to that position of honor, but yet now he has. And when he sat down at that right hand of God, he now is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. So every time someone gets filled and receives the Holy Spirit, it's just another testimony that Jesus won that Jesus made it all the way to the top, fulfilled his purpose, and one of those purposes was then the result is the Holy Spirit being given to mankind. But I want you to see out of your belly flows rivers of living water. That's big today. Out of your belly, say your belly, your innermost person flows rivers of living water. I talked about in the beginning of this year how we want to change the direction of the river. So many times we're always wanting something to flow into us. We want to receive. The world kind of puts us in a mind space of our need, our, you know, desires, you know, our comfort, our happiness. And this thing has to change. What God, God will take care of all those things that concern you. He's faithful. But there is a river that flows out of you. And wherever you go, that river of living water, say living water, write it in your notes, living water is flowing out of you. A source of life is flowing from you, from you. Listen, not from heaven, from you. Not from heaven, from you. You have received the Holy Spirit, which was given to us from heaven, but now he resides in us. He resides in you. You say, but Pastor Kevin, I'm, I'm a nobody. I, I, I don't have the education. I don't have any influence. I'm, I'm a single mom. I'm out of work. I'm just this. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too this. I'm too that. 
If you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you have a river of life flowing out of you. Resident in you. Wherever you go, you have the power and potential to release life, to release the spirit of life, the power of God. Oh, by the way, which is the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, resurrection power flows from you. And you just look at yourself and say, but I don't feel anything. I just feel like a normal person. I just feel so average. You are not average. You are a child of God. You are salt, you are light, you are the body of Christ. You are a river of life flowing out of you. Amen. Today is not about feeling. It's about the word of God and what God has declared and what God sees and seeing what he sees. How many times do Christians sit in a position where they feel hopeless, lifeless, they're waiting for circumstances to change, yet out of their belly flows life? We're looking out here to change our life or to change our circumstances, but it's your relationship with the Holy Spirit in here and the releasing of those gifts and the releasing of those words and the releasing of that power that will change your circumstances. Not waiting for circumstances to change, but bringing the river of God's power and life forth from you will change your circumstances. Are you hearing this? That's why I have this little illustration here. I appreciate the team putting it together for me. What I wanted to capture in this was the idea of a river, a river of life. What I love about a river is that it's constantly supplied. See, when God fills you with this Holy Spirit, it's not just one little cup of water. Sometimes we just like, Lord, I just want a little touch. I just want a little, little bit of that water. My friend, out of you flows, and this is you now, out of you flows this river of living water, which is constantly supplied from God, from heaven. You're not going to run out. Do you understand this? I want you to see that in the natural, I could pour water in here and then there's like this limit. There's this limitless connection to the throne of grace. There's this limitless connection to the water of life, to the spirit of God. Your well will never run dry, will never run dry. You may feel dry, circumstances may look dry, but the river on the inside of you will never run dry. Here's where we need some wisdom, and that is this. So many times we don't release what God has placed within us. It's not that the river is run dry, it's that we have closed ourselves off from the flow. We have shut down. We don't speak in tongues like we used to. Yes, I use the word tongues. And I will introduce you to tongues in the weeks to come. Today you'll have opportunity to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you'll be able to receive that gift if you so desire it, but I wanna give you understanding in it. But we are a church that speaks in languages that God gives that we don't learn in the natural. He gives it to you as a gift. He gives it to you as a weapon. He gives it to you as one way to release life. 
Speaking in languages that the Holy Spirit flows through you releases life. It's prayers prayed by God through your mouth. It's words that you cannot limit because your faith may not be there yet, but God's still speaking it out. You may not be there yet, but God's speaking into a future that you cannot yet see. God is speaking into a hope that you yet cannot yet believe yet because it's greater than you could ask, think, or imagine. Somebody get excited about that. Amen. And tongues is one way for that spirit to be released. Another way for that spirit to be released is for you to go lay hands on some sick people and believe God for a miracle. If you don't pray for them, how are they gonna receive the life that comes out of you? But yet we stopped praying, why? We got disappointed. Someone we prayed for died and went to heaven. Well, praise God, my friend, they still went to heaven. We don't have all the answers for all those other things sometimes. But start praying for people's healing again. Release the river of life from you again. You have that source of life, but we often shut the flow down. Are you understanding this? What about when you're at home and life seems dark and life seems difficult and the home seems depressed? Well, then start releasing some river of life out of your belly. Stop speaking the negative. Stop speaking the fear. Stop coming into agreement with what the devil's doing. Start speaking the word of God. The river of life is flowing out of you. Start singing and worshiping and dancing in your house. Start quoting the word of God. Let the river of life flow out of you. But when you shut your mouth, you shut the flow. It's not because you ran out of life. It's not because you ran out of water. It's not because the river dried up. It's because we believers are not letting the flow out. Are you understanding? When you're in the office, when you're at the school you work for, you're a teacher, you're a principal, you're a business individual, God, how can I release the, the river of life in this situation? How can I release the river of life into this lost, thirsty, dying group of people and world? God, there's a way, the wisdoms of God. You know, there's gifts of the Spirit we're gonna talk about in this series. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. God can give you word of wisdom, word of knowledge and how to succeed in business where you can bring life-giving answers from God's throne to your career, to the school systems, to the things that need fixing in this world, but you have to speak up. If you're sitting back there seeing all the problems and everyone's like, we don't know what to do, the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God, but yet we let the wisdom of this world run rampant and the believers sitting in that boardroom not speaking up, speaking some truth, speaking some wisdom from God, then you're, really, you're closing the flow of the river. Are you understanding this? It's not that you don't have access to it. It's not that you don't have the river of life available. It's that we, the believers, stop using it and delivering it. Don't you love how it keeps filling up on its own? That's you, my friend. You never run dry. Say it, I never run dry. You can go get in your prayer closet. You can go drive in your car with some worship music. And if you feel dry, you can get some river flowing out of you. You know what? You reap what you sow. If you need some life, go sow some life. Go give some life. Amen. Praise God. There is a river of life that flows out of you. Let's get into some more scripture. Ezekiel chapter 47, this isn't in your notes uh, in, the, in the app, I added this this morning. Go to Ezekiel chapter 47, I want you to see something here. And if I don't get through these notes today, I'm okay with that because I have eight weeks to get through all the stuff. So I can take my time. But open up your Bibles if you would please to the book of Ezekiel chapter 47. 
chapter 47, verse 1. I want you to see a prophetic image from the prophet Ezekiel and something he saw about this river of life, which is us, which is coming out of us, I should say. In my vision, Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 1, in my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. There I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on the south side. The man brought me outside of the wall through the north gate and led me around the eastern entrance. There I could see water flowing through the south side of the east gateway. So Ezekiel sees the temple of the Lord, say temple of the Lord. And he saw this river coming out from under it, okay? From the east, out of it, from the east part of the, of the temple. We're gonna jump down and you'll see that as he began to measure the river, verses three through nine, the river keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper as it flows out from the temple, as it flows out from the temple. Verse six, he asked me, have you been watching, son of man? Then he led back, many back to the riverbank. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, this river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh Life will flourish wherever the water flows. Can you see that? Well, you say, well, yeah, but Pastor Kevin, that's water coming out of the temple. Well, my friends, if you don't remember, if you go down to, um, I just want to make sure you know the scripture. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 through 20, I'll, I'll talk about it later. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. The scripture says, don't you know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit? Your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on to say, the Spirit is in you. You have received him from God. Isn't that wonderful? So you look at this prophetically thinking that's just this physical temple in Jerusalem. I'm looking at you saying God was thinking bigger than a physical temple in Jerusalem. He was thinking about his, his temple, which is his body of Christ that would receive this Holy Spirit. God's Spirit is in you. The Spirit is from God. And as the Spirit is released from you, O believer, O temple of the Spirit of God, wherever you release that Spirit, life comes. The Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is like this dead world that lives around us where nothing good can grow, where no life can come from it. It's too salty. It's it's, it's not able to produce life. There's no fish. There's no vegetation. It's the world. It's dead. Oh, but the river of life, the river of life flowing from you is greater than the deadness of the Dead Sea in front of you. There's more life in you than there is dead in front of you. And the solution is not to sit there and talk about how dead everything is. The solution is to bring and release the word of life to release the spirit of life. I have a river of life flowing out of me. Anyone remember that song? I have a river of life flowing out of me, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. 
opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I have a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up a well within my soul. Anyone remember that song? Raise your hand if you know that song. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk, the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of, river of life flowing from heaven. No, out of me. This is important for you to see this, for me to see this, to realize this because once faith enters, once revelation enters, we can begin to see and step out on that revelation. This isn't about making you feel good about yourself. Wow, I, I have a lot more in me than I knew. It's also a responsibility now to release it. Wherever the Dead Sea has dominion, you bring the kingdom. You bring the spirit of life. You bring the river of life. And you flood that Dead Sea with the waters of life. And vegetation, the Bible says, will start to spring. Fish, which is people. Fish will be produced. Life will be produced. Harvest will be produced. And you can change dead things into living things. That's your house, the atmosphere of your home. That's a city. That's a business. Are you hearing me? That's relationships. What are you letting flow out of you? You can choose between walking in the spirit or walking in the flesh. If I'm just leaning and speaking and living and responding out of the flesh side, the Bible says out of the flesh reaps flesh. But that which is spirit is spirit. And if I sow to the spirit, I reap from the spirit. Are you receiving anything out of this today? Go ahead and just give God a good praise, would you please? Amen. So open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. Let's get into the day of Pentecost since that's what we're celebrating this morning. The day of Pentecost. Maria mentioned it in communion. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Now this was a specific day after the resurrection, the day of Pentecost. It was a holiday that the Jews would celebrate. And so this happened on that specific holiday, this day of Pentecost. All the believers, the Bible says, were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared to settle on each one of them and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit, began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So this was this promise of the Father. Jesus said, stay in Jerusalem until you receive this promise of the Father. So they would have gone out in their own strength. They would have gone out in their own timing. But Jesus said, wait, wait, wait. There is this filling. There is this receiving of power that you need to go do what I've called you to do. And so this day of Pentecost had come and the Holy Spirit was poured out on all of them. Say all of them. Men and women. Young and old. Slave and free because they're all in Christ, amen? It's not as if just this group gets the Holy Spirit and this group just gets to watch. Anyone who's hungry and thirsty, anyone who's there, anyone who has a heart for Jesus, anyone who's given their life to Christ is a candidate to receive the filling of the Spirit. What happened when the Spirit had come upon them? It wasn't just about tongues, that was a outward manifestation that let people know something had changed. 
Do you understand that? They were in the middle, they were able to do something they weren't able to do just a minute ago. So it was an instantaneous sign, miracle to them and to others that something had changed. They had received something of God. And it was something that was undeniable. It wasn't something like goosebumps, because you can get goosebumps because it's too cold, like a, a, a breeze flew through the room, right? You can get goosebumps because something made you feel good. So the goosebumps weren't a good enough sign. But this was something that was a sign that was miraculous that all could see and they could have confidence in. And so that's where this tongue thing initially comes. But it wasn't about the tongues. Something had transpired. Something has happened. What happened in the day of Pentecost? Write this down. They received the power and the presence of God's abiding spirit. They received power. Write it in your notes. Write it down. They received the power and the presence, and I use this specifically, of God's abiding spirit. I said this earlier in the message, but this is different than the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, you would see the Holy Spirit come upon a person for a moment. You'd see them come upon them for a great act of strength or valor, but then it would, it would, it would depart. In this dispensation, you can say, on this side of the day of Pentecost, the spirit remains. He walks with you. So you don't have to wonder, is he with me today? Is the river of life with me today? I have a river of life flowing out of me. Maybe you have to say it by faith sometimes. I have a river of life. You're like, I don't feel like I have a river of life flowing out of me right now. I have a river of anger, rage. No, I can take those thoughts captive. Come on. And I can transition and step into the spirit and say, I have a river of life flowing out of me. I'm not going to curse. I'm not going to bring death. I'm not going to bring despair. Amen. You received his power and his presence of God's abiding spirit. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So one of the key things when you receive the Holy Spirit into your life is power. Say power. Dunamis, dynamite, power. I'll talk about that in just a minute. I want us to address the Holy Spirit in this series because I don't want to take for granted that everyone knows that there is a Holy Spirit and that he can be received into their life. In Acts chapter 19, Paul dealt with this. The Bible says that while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers, say believers. So these were people who believed in Christ. He asked them the question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Do you know it's possible to accept Jesus, forgiveness of sins, but not be made aware that there is this baptism or filling of power and life that you can receive. So the Apostle Paul was concerned it wasn't enough to say, hey, is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Are you a believer in Christ? Are your sins forgiven? He wanted them to make sure that they took that next step and say, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? 
Did you receive this empowerment? Did you receive this, this abiding spirit, power, and authority and presence that is made available to you? And they said, we didn't know that he was made available to us. We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. You know, in one generation, I feel like there was this anti-Holy Spirit kind of feeling. People who were, you know, had a negative feeling towards the Holy Spirit. Now I feel like there's just a lot of ignorance regarding the Holy Spirit. And in ignorance, there's a lot of suspicion. There's a lot of confusion. And then people are like, I don't know much about it, but it seems dangerous. (laughs) The Holy Spirit's only dangerous to the devil, my friend. It's not dangerous to you. It's not dangerous to you. Amen. Matthew chapter 28, 18 and 19. I want us to understand something about this person of the Holy Spirit. That he's on the same level of God the Father and God the Son. If you've been closed at all to the Holy Spirit, you're like, I'm good with God the Father. He make, that makes sense. Father, heart of God, I like that. You know, Jesus dying on the cross, God in the flesh. I, I get that. I, I like that. But then we bring up the Holy Spirit and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not good with the Holy Spirit. Good with God the Father and Son. The Holy Spirit's like the weird uncle on Thanksgiving that you put in the living room and he just watches football and you don't let anyone know he's in there. If you can trust God the Father, if you can trust God the Son, you can trust God the Holy Spirit. They are three in one. Amen. Do you understand? You can open yourself up to the Lord and the Holy Spirit is the Lord. He's the Spirit of the Lord. He's not weirder. He's not an option <laughs> that you can choose to, to open yourself. If you, if you close yourself off to the Holy Spirit, you understand you're closing yourself off to part of the Lord. The Lord. Yes. Matthew 28, 18 and 19. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You understand? that we baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit because it's God. Same equality, same the way they work together. They're one. The Holy Spirit is God. He's not a spirit from God. He is the spirit of God. He's not another spirit from God. He's not an angel. He's not just some spirit from heaven that you have an option whether or not you understand or you open yourself up to. He is God. And to close yourself off to the Holy Spirit and the ways of the Spirit and the manifestations of the Spirit or to limit those things, you're trying to limit God and God will not be limited. In this series, we're going to talk about manifestations of the Spirit. We're going to talk about gifts of the Spirit. And there are things that people have closed the door to. And I'm trying to help you open that door up so that you can receive all of God. Amen. The truth is, the reality of the Holy Spirit in your life, if, you're, if you think it's dangerous or uncomfortable, those times you've been in a service, those times where you have felt the nearness of God, in some season of your life, I would like to help you understand that that presence that you feel is God's Spirit. You may not have realized that's the Holy Spirit. You may just call him God or the presence of the Lord, but that is the presence of the Holy Spirit. You understand God is in heaven. Jesus is at his right hand. So any interaction you have with God on the earth is the Spirit of God. 
So why would you be afraid? You've already experienced him. You just didn't know it was him. And if that was a blessing to you in that measure, just imagine how much you can trust him in fullness in your life. Whether it is tongues, whether it is prophecy, whether it is some manifestation of power or healing or word of wisdom or word of knowledge or deliverance or whatever it might be. It's all God and it's all good. If it's God, it's good. Amen. 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 So let's talk about the amazing significance of this baptism. Why this is such a big deal in our lives. Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 1, we won't go there, but you'll see that the Holy Spirit is the spirit that hovered over the waters and that created everything that God said. This is the Holy Spirit that is promising to infill you. Did you understand what I just said? The same spirit that when God said light be, the spirit manifested the light in the universe. That's the access to the spirit that's in you. I'm trying to help you think bigger here. I'm trying to help us understand the mind-boggling promise and blessing that we have been given that this Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. When God parted the waters from the land and the Spirit moved over the waters and made that happen, that's the same Spirit that lives and resides in you. When God said, vegetation come out of the ground and the Holy Spirit made it happen, that's the vegetation that came out of the ground. This is the Spirit of God himself, creator of all things, creator of the universe that used his Holy Spirit to form and do all these things. It's that relationship, it's that individual, it's that person of God's Spirit that comes and takes up residence on the inside of your life. That's why there's no way the devil has more power over your life or sin or whatever you're going through, that you are connected to the life source of eternity. You're connected to God himself that formed everything with his word. God's very own spirit. That's also why you can tap into creative ideas. They're absolutely amazing because it's the spirit of creation. Five of you got excited about that. You want to be creative, go spend some time in the presence of God. Go spend some time in the spirit, singing, praying in the spirit, and then watch what ideas you're, you'll begin to scribble out. Watch what solutions you'll come with. You are never at the bottom of ideas. You're sitting there, God, I don't know what to do. You may not in the natural know what to do, but God, the spirit of creation of this universe can figure it out. And you have access to that spirit on a constant basis. He doesn't leave. You don't have to go up to heaven to get his attention. He's right here. You just have to turn on the flow and start letting that river flow out of you in your prayer time at home or giving some space to talk to you. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. The Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and he breathed into his nostrils the breath Amplified says wind, spirit of life. Man became a living being. So God forms our bodies out of the dust of the ground. He gets face to face with us in that body that he formed and he speaks life be and he releases the word of life. He releases his breath, his wind, his breath into our lungs and life comes. Do you realize your spirit came from his spirit? Your spirit came from the breath, spirit, wind of God being breathed in the human lungs. 
The Bible says God is the father of spirits. Your very makeup is of the spirit of God. You come from the spirit of God. Are you understanding? That's why you feel alive when the spirit is moving in your life because that's your life source. That's why we're spiritually dead when we're disconnected from the life of God and his spirit of life. Amen. We take drugs to feel alive. We drink way too much to think a lot, to become alive. We try to do all kinds of things that are risky to our health and to our betterment and to our relationships to feel alive. And the feeling of life comes from the spirit of life. Are you understanding? God took of his spirit and created our spirit. Life created life, spirit created spirit. And as I said in the beginning, there was a separation between God's spirit and our fellowship with his spirit from the fall. And all of that changed on the day of Pentecost. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus paid for it on the cross, but the release of that spirit and the reuniting of that spirit was given on that day of Pentecost. That's why this is not just one day a year. Let's just celebrate charismatic mania. But this is a huge shift in our potential, huge change in our heritage, in our dominion, in who we are and who we can be and what we can do in the earth. Amen. Even the moving of the Holy Spirit in temporal ways in the Old Testament was limited. The pouring out of God's Spirit in the Old Testament was still limited to people like kings, prophets, judges, you know, very small group priests, but it wasn't for everybody. But oh, come the day of Pentecost. Think about that, the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter two, verse 17 and 18, think about this. Acts chapter two, 17 and 18, in the last day God says, I will pour out of my spirit, his own spirit. I will pour out, I will pour out of my own spirit, God says, upon all people. All people, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. They will prophesy. They will speak under the influence and authority of the spirit of God. They will release the words of life and those words will come to pass. Amen. But again, we get so familiar with these passages, we don't celebrate their reality. In the Old Testament, I'll bring you back. Kings, priests, prophets, judges, Those were the four categories that would have any interaction with God's ability, with God's anointing. And now in this day, it's for all. Well, how could that be? Because he's made you a kingdom of kings and priests. Amen. You, the saints of God, will judge the earth. Come on. It's the reality. You are still, he's still pouring out his spirit upon kings and priests and judges. It's just he made us all kings and priests and judges, and prophets, amen. Amen. That spirit of prophecy over the body. Man, that's good stuff, amen. 
Acts chapter 8, I'm sorry, Romans 8, 9 through 11, just write this down. It's a verse I quoted earlier, but you need to know where it is so you can study it out. Romans 8, 9 through 11, the same spirit, say same. Same spirit that created the world and that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. The same spirit that created the world, we talked about that in Genesis 1, and raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. You have a river of life flowing out of you. Amen. There's a river of life flowing out of you. And the Acts 1.8 that said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That word power is where we get our word dunamis or dynamite. I just want to show you the Strong's Concordance definition of that word power. Force. Not like Star Wars, like the force. You know. <laughs> you know. But there's a force. You are a force to be reckoned with. Come on. There is an evil force pushing against this culture and this world. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are a force to be reckoned with. You are a force in prayer. You are a force in salt and light. You are a force with your voice. You're a force with your actions of love and giving and benevolence to the world. You are a force in the earth. You are not marginalized. The world will tell you the church doesn't matter. Yes, we do. The day we get taken out of the way is the day the Antichrist and the devil takes over, but he can't do it until we're out of the way. Why? Because you're a force. because you are anointed with God's spirit and power. And that same spirit that conquered the devil at Jesus' resurrection is the same power that dwells on the inside of you. The devil couldn't stop the resurrection. If he could have stopped one thing in the earth, he would have stopped the resurrection. But he couldn't stop the resurrection. He couldn't stop the spirit of resurrection. And that same spirit of resurrection is on the inside of you. You are a force in the earth. The word power also is miraculous power. Miraculous power. There is a miraculous miracle working power on the inside of every one of God's children that are filled with his spirit. Miraculous working power. Healings are wonderful. Praise God for healings. And healings are miraculous. But do you know that miracles aren't limited to healing? Healings can are miracles, but not all miracles are healings. There is I believe a time coming in the earth now where healings will not be the only miracles that we see and manifest, but there's miraculous power that's going to start flowing out of the body of Christ. Miraculous change in situations, miraculous wisdom, miraculous provision, miraculous breakthrough. Are you understanding this? Miracle working power, miraculous power. Ability is in that word dunamis. You are able. You may say, I'm weak, but in your weakness, he's made strong. You are able, my friend. You are more than enough because of the river of life that is on the inside of you. You say, well, I'm just a grandma. You're not just a grandma. You are a Holy Spirit-filled force, filled with miraculous power, filled with ability, godly grandma with an anointing to break yokes, set captives free, open prison doors, bring life to deserts. Are you understanding this? 
Sometimes we've been pushed down as Christians to think the only thing we can believe for is to just get out of hell and go to heaven. But you have been filled with the Holy Spirit for a reason, to be God's solution and change agent in the earth. This day of Pentecost is a big deal. Amen? God's Spirit flows and moves into town with you. The last picture I want to show you in my brain when I think about this. Anyone remember the movie Aladdin, the original, like the cartoon Aladdin? How many of you ever saw Aladdin? Raise your hand, I saw the movie Aladdin. Do you remember that scene where they sing that song, Prince Ali, fabulous he, Ali Abawa. Strong as 10 regular men, definitely. And he's got like this wealth of gifts behind him. Come on now. People carrying like all of his ability and treasure and authority. That's you. That's you walking into work tomorrow. Amen. Right? You should kick the door open and be like, Peter Shaw, fabulous he, filled with the spirit. You know what I'm saying? Just look behind them and there's the gifts of the spirit and the fruit of the spirit and the, the authority of heaven. Everywhere you go, hey, hey. Try it out tomorrow. Marvin Couch, fabulous he. Just walk into the house tonight. Kids will be like, what is he doing? But I just wanted you to see that image where you walk, where you go. And the difference between you and Aladdin was his was make-believe, yours is real. His was make-believe, yours is real. Yours isn't based on wishes, yours is based on the promises of God who cannot lie. Go ahead and stand, let's close in a word of prayer. Did you get anything out of that today? Give God a good clap of praise, would you? Give God a good clap of praise. Hallelujah. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray this into your heart, give you a chance to receive Jesus, and then the altars are going to be open if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit as well. But let me pray over this whole word. Go ahead and put your hands over your heart as we start this process of awareness with the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, right now we come to you. I thank you. Give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. Lord, we don't just want to get stirred up and excited about this idea of the Holy Spirit. I pray we become your word that you speak over us, that we're transformed and turned into that very image. And so God, I thank you for a spirit-filled, spirit-empowered church. That is not just a couple spirit-empowered people, that is the entire body being mobilized and filled and activated in who they are in Jesus, filled with your spirit, mission, and power. God, I thank you for where we're going as a church. I thank you for these great, great and precious promises. And so Lord, I ask over these next eight weeks, you take us on a journey of belief. You take us on a journey of becoming. And Lord, we give you complete permission to have your way. If you agree with that and you wanna give God permission, give him a good praise. We give you permission to have your way. We give you permission to have your way. In Jesus' name, say a big amen. 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 All right, altar teams, if you'll come up, I wanna get you ready to pray for people. Today, if you are not in right relationship with God, I wanna give you an opportunity to give your heart to Jesus, to become son and daughter of the Most High God. 
The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of that sin is death, which is separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. And the Bible goes on to say that all who will call in the name of the Lord will be saved. And you're not just saved from sin, you're saved into the family of God. And so today, if you've never called on the name of the Lord Jesus to save you, I wanna give you an opportunity to give your heart to Jesus. Yes, to see your sins forgiven, but yes, to become that son or daughter of God. You may say, Pastor Kevin, I used to have a relationship with the Lord, but I walked away and I would like to recommit myself to Jesus today. Then when I count to three in a minute, you can raise your hand as well and we'll pray for you. So if everyone just bow your heads and close your eyes for the next 30 seconds. I wanna give people a personal moment between them and God. You say, Pastor, that's me. I wanna call in the name of the Lord Jesus to save me, to be forgiven of my sins and to be made a child of God. When I count to three, all I'm asking you to do is by faith, right where you are, just raise your hand. Or you say, I would like a restart. I wanna recommit my life to Jesus today. On a count of three, just raise your hand. Ready? You're ready to give your heart to the Lord today for one reason or another. If that's you, when I count to three, just raise your hand, we'll pray together. Ready? One, two, three. If that's you, would you put your hand up today? I need to get right with God. Just pop your hand up wherever you are. There's a hand right there, thank you. Anybody else? Second hand over there, praise God. Anybody else? Just throw it up, just throw it up. I need to get right with Jesus today. Just place your hand up and we'll pray for you right where you are. Anybody else? I saw, I saw that one. Anybody else today? I think I see a third hand right there, thank you. Anybody else today? Even if I didn't see it, the Lord saw it. But let's pray for those that raised their hand. Would you all pray together, please? No one praying by themselves. Would you repeat this prayer with me? With all your heart, just try to mean it as much as you can. God is listening. Dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize that I've sinned and I've walked away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me and that he rose again. Please forgive me of my sins. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take every part of me now. Be my God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you celebrate those three? Welcome home. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.